0: live to tape welcome to millennial season three episode 36 i'm andrew
1: i'm lisa and i'm laura
0: uh two sickies in our Mm -hmm. in our presence this week
2: yeah, Elisa almost here. wasn't
0: able to be on the show.
2: I know. I don't know what's going on, man. Like, I it's been it's been two weeks that I've I've been really really sick. I actually went to the doctor for once in my life, um, and and he was like, "Yeah, it really sounds like you have bronchitis, uh, also a very severe case of laryngitis." I lost my voice for three days. And that's like, when I say lost my voice, I don't mean it was a little raspy and hoarse and it squeaked. I mean, I was a fucking mute. I was just miming my way around life. I couldn't speak if I tried. I try and I would try and it just sounded like, like a fish gasping for air. <laughs> it was really, really bad. I've never had it that bad before.
0: You're a wreck.
2: I am a fucking
1: wreck. I know. Falling apart at 30. Seriously.
0: Actually, to prove to us that she was ill, she recorded audio and sent it through Facebook Messenger. I'm going to play it.
2: (laughs) Just a fair warning. This is how my voice sounds today. (laughs) Just a fair warning. This is how my voice sounds today. Oh, boy. That was, wow. That was uh, and to be honest with you, that was days after it had recovered too. So that's,
0: you sound like you're about to cry. No, just throw up. Anyway, um, so on today's show, we're going to talk about a few news updates. We also, a conversation has sprung up in the Facebook group that we're going to talk about. Something sad happened to one of our listeners.
3: Oh, shit.
0: We want to reveal the winner of last week's well the, the the person who was drinking last week.
1: Did we have a did we have people vote? Did we post the poll?
0: Um no.
1: Oh. <laughs> it was Laura. It, it was, was me. Laura. I was I was drinking last week. I was pretty happy. You were at the end of the episode. Yeah, you were. Didn't you
0: have a whole bottle of wine? Yeah. <laughs> so oh.
1: Elisa, when Elisa and Brian were down here, they literally bought like 10 bottles of wine, I think, over the course of their time here.
0: Oh, my god! And when
1: they left, four full bottles were left in my fridge, untouched. And so I was like, well, I mean, free wine, whatever. It's, you know, sweet as fuck, but I'll still drink it. So I got one of those and I just sat here last week and drank straight from the bottle. Yeah. The episode because I'm classy.
0: Good for you. We all wish we could drink like you.
1: I know. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a gift and a curse.
0: Speaking of drinking, I mm-hmm. had an encounter this past weekend that was so... It made me sick, and I was so angry about it for the following like hour. Um, I know you two, I'm sure, experience lots of sexism throughout the day. Lots of guys being dicks, and I—I I never really see it myself because I'm not a girl. But but over the weekend, I was at this bar. It was a rooftop bar here in Chicago, and me and my friends, including our mutual friend Kevin, one more drink, Kevin. Oh, have one more drink, God. Andrew. Have one more drink. One more drink. <laughs> He was a mess that day, by the way. He spilled wine all over his white shirt. Apparently, he blacked out
1: the next um, day. I'm pretty sure that's like every time I've ever hung out with Kevin.
0: But it was so bizarre because I was going drink for drink with him and I was completely fine. And yet he was like a total wreck. But uh, anyway, so, so we go up to this rooftop bar. And to get down, uh, you obviously got to take an elevator. The main elevator isn't working. So they say, okay, uh, you got to take the service elevator downstairs. So they're doing it in in big groups at a time because the service ele- uh, elevator moves slower or whatever. So we me and and Kevin and two other friends get in the service elevator and there's two other straight bros who already came in before us. So now there's six people in there. And then a guy and girl come in. So now there's eight people in the elevator. And only one of them was a woman. And it was the 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 couple who came in at the end. Everyone clearly had drinks. The woman and the boyfriend are last to come in the elevator. And immediately, the boyfriend looks around and he starts going on about, "Uh uh-oh, there's eight guys and only one woman. (laughs) And he keeps saying, and, and, and the two other straight bros in the elevator start laughing. Meanwhile, the rest of us are gay and 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 the guy keeps doing it, oh man, what's gonna happen? There's only one woman and and the woman asks her boyfriend to stop, but he keeps making the joke, and she goes, "You're drunk stop and and this asshole goes, "No, you're drunk and then and then weirdly, the guy makes some weird joke about my dad always said, "Oil the engine every two hundred miles or some shit." And for some reason, the two what? straight bros start laughing their asses off. Me and the, me and my friends were all like, what the fuck? This is so weird. And then as we're all walking out of the elevator through the lobby, the straight guys are still laughing their asses off. Meanwhile, this poor woman is like walking awkwardly with her shitty boyfriend. And in hindsight, I wish I said something in the elevator. And, and I had another elevator experience happen to me recently, too. I, and I won't get into that one. But I, you know, now that this has happened twice, I, I'm out of patience. The next time I'm going to call these fucking douchebag straight assholes out.
1: Good. You should. I mean, I know what it's like to be caught in that situation where you're like, holy shit, is this really happening right now? And being on the precipice of like wanting to say something, but then not wanting to cause any trouble. But I think now that you've seen it happen a couple of times, and you're feeling motivated, yeah, you should carry that with you.
0: I'm just, I just realized how tired I was all of a sudden of it happening, and I've I've only been a witness twice, so I can't imagine how women feel.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, it's uh, (laughs) shitty. That I mean, that's
2: a particularly rapey fucking comment. That yeah. he made. And it's from the boyfriend, I mean, too. As, that's right. Exactly. And that's that's supposed to be her boyfriend. And what I find really disturbing about it is that, of course, the excuse will be the next morning when they wake up and talk about it. Oh, I was so drunk. I was just shit faced, whatever. Um, there is no amount of alcohol or crack cocaine you could give my boyfriend to make him joke about, like, rape or other boys fucking me there is nothing right. you could give him to make him joke about that so right. i don't know that it's completely an excuse i feel like certainly it contributed but ultimately he's just a douchebag alcohol yeah, or not. exactly
1: yep
0: i agree i agree so that upset me i even angry tweeted about it and then somebody said, oh, I can't wow. wait to hear about this on millennial. So <laughs> here we go. Talking about it on millennial.
2: I know this sounds, this probably sounds patronizing, but in seriousness, I think it's kind of nice that you even cared enough to like say something on social or to bring it up on the show. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people yeah. witness that, that kind of thing and it sort of rolls off their back and it doesn't even really cross their minds to be bothered buy it frankly so at least you know you're 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 a good person andrew
0: oh thank you yeah. thank you how I, many I, I have
1: a question how many of you in the elevator were gay
0: <laughs> four <laughs> including okay me.
1: so in total the gay guys outnumbered the straight guys yeah so next time you find yourself in that situation you should pipe up and be like oh Four gay guys and three straight guys. Right. What's gonna happen? Yeah. I
0: I it, I tr- trying to remember that night. I had a good comeback that I wanted to say to him when I was thinking about mm-hmm. it. In hindsight, I can't remember it now. But I just know that if I said it, I would have gotten my face punched in, and I didn't want this being like Beyonce and Solange. I didn't want to. <laughs> I didn't want. I, you know, you're, you're kind of trapped in an elevator. You can't really do anything, and the guy would have kicked my ass. So,
2: wait, what was the comeback?
0: I can't remember. I just remember thinking, "Yeah, that was good, (laughs) great, right?" Got him. Great story. (laughs) Let's call one of our listeners. Let's try calling Jen for surprise bitch today.
3: Hello, speaking? Hey, Jen. Hi. Yes.
0: Surprise (laughs) bitch! It's millennial. What's up?
3: Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Hi. I was not expecting this tonight. Oh, good. good. I skipped karate.
0: (laughs) You just left karate?
3: (laughs) I was going to go to karate, but I decided I was lazy and didn't go. Oh. That's always the best choice. (laughs) Clearly, yes.
0: What do you decide to do instead tonight?
3: Um, No, I just decided to heat up some leftovers from last night and clean my oven. So, real fun stuff.
0: Wow. Wow, you could probably kick any of one of our asses, too, and then shove us into the oven.
1: (laughs) Jesus, Andrew. (laughs) (laughs)
3: That's (laughs) dark.
0: I'm just thinking karate, cleaning ovens, and putting it all together. Are you in our Facebook group?
3: I am, actually.
0: Uh, did you see this post from Christy about her mother being real mean?
3: I don't think I have. I only just got off work like 30 minutes ago.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, it was 21 hours ago, so you, you clearly suck at checking out the group. But I,
3: I really do suck at checking the group. I'm the worst.
0: Anyway, that that's, so a good int- that's a good introduction because I want to tell everybody about this post. This was from Christy. She said, I am crying. My mother just messaged me that I need to shut up about my politics on Facebook because it is offending her friends. When I told her she should be proud of me for standing against racism and fascism, she said, quote, not when you offend people. I am so hurt. What the hell, mom?
3: Yeah, clearly her mom needs to be told where to stuff it, but uh, (laughs) I, I don't know her mom, so I cannot do that for her.
0: Over Facebook as well. Um,
3: yes. also her mom needs new friends
0: yeah right i I wanted to talk to you all about this have you because i kind of i I've experienced the displeasure of getting into political fights with family members on Facebook, and my brother in law and my aunt and uncle are all uh hardcore trump supporters they love fox news they've been they've been they've been poisoned shall we say by fox news and they will comment on my posts whenever i get political and it's kind of just stopped me from doing it because i don't want to get into these fights but then i don't and i don't want to unfriend them either on the other hand yeah. like it sounds like in cases like christy you just got to unfriend these people and maybe your mom as well
3: Yeah, I ended up, like, in during the 2016 election, just muting a bunch of people. I did not, like, want to go through, like, the, oh, why did you unfriend me kind of song and dance with, so I just kind of muted people, and so now I basically just see all my liberal bubble friends, Um, but my grandpa, like, is, on my mom's side, is just basically one of those people who has Fox News glaring at 90 on the volume all night long, or all day long, and, uh, I figured out that the best way to argue with him was just to get, uh, be better at knowing about economics and politics than him. And because he told me some BS about Saudi Arabia once and I just pulled up the economic data I was using and showed that to him and was just like, oh, this is what that means. And he said, oh, and yeah. then he was quiet for the rest of the visit.
0: Lori <laughs> <laughs> and Lisa, how do you, do you ever get into family fights on, on Facebook?
1: Frequently. Frequently. Um, and and, you know, I'm I I really like to try and make it more of like a dialogue thing. Um, because I don't think that fighting about it does anybody any good. I will say that I completely defriended my aunt a few months ago because she posted a really rude and inflammatory meme about Hispanic immigrants. And I was like, nah, bitch, we're not doing this. So I just don't talk to her anymore. Um but apart from that, I have quite a few conservative family members. I know many of them voted for Trump. For the most part, the ones that voted for Trump stay quiet because I think they know they should be ashamed, even if they don't actually personally feel ashamed. Um, I just enjoy posting stories about things that are particularly incredulous about this administration. Just this, like, sort of a see. Look here. Look what's happening now, guys. Yeah. And they rarely respond to it these days because they know.
0: <laughs> yeah. they give have some so. good responses. Mhm. Facts. I I wish there was a feature to prevent people, particular people from commenting or from from allowing my posts to show up in their feed. Like I know you can block posts from appearing on to certain people, but then like it shows that it was customized or you can't do it publicly then. But and then uh, what also annoys me is like can people get some lives instead of getting instead of getting into political fights on Facebook just my wall is for my opinion not yours
3: Maybe more people just need to clean their ovens instead of doing anything fun Right mm-hmm. be productive
0: in your kitchen Elisa how do you feel about this
1: <laughs> You lost me at the kitchen part <laughs> Elisa, do you remember the time that I got into a fight with your aunt on Facebook? Yeah, that's what I was going to talk about. I mean, the probably
2: probably the, the only, the only uh, vocal, at least, Trump supporter that I have in my family is my aunt. And right after the – or actually, I think it might have been on Inauguration Day, during all of that mess about crowd sizes, um, she, we got into a fucking fight about the crowd sizes. And she was trying to tell me that, like, you know – It was like, oh, they're huge. The numbers were huge. And and she had this whole narrative about, like, how the media was out to get Trump and you can't trust the photos that they were posting. And I'm like, what the fuck? And And Laura didn't realize that this was my aunt. Not like, frankly, I gave a shit, but she didn't realize it was my aunt. (laughs) And she just fucking, like, went for the jugular. I don't even remember exactly (laughs) what she said, but it was... It was, it was, it was nasty. It was bad enough that, that my brother text messaged, text messaged me and was like, oh God, Aunt Suja's not going to be happy about this.
1: <laughs> it was bad. It was funny it sounds though. like she I deserved it. When I realized it was your aunt, I stopped. I was like, oh, okay, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not about to like alienate somebody in Elisa's life that I might potentially meet, you know, when she gets married or something. Oh, It doesn't matter.
3: You mean when she marries you? Yeah, probably. <laughs> Although I'm,
1: I, I'm guessing this particular aunt would not be supportive of that union, so she probably won't be there. <laughs> well, kill two birds with one stone. We'll have the a, best crowds at our uh, wedding.
2: The, the biggest, yes, biggest, <laughs> biggest wedding. Period.
0: Uh, yeah. My my brother-in-law um, once posted a, a Trump thing in the comments of one of my political posts, and. Um, one of the hypable writers who was new at the time called him out on it, and he didn't realize that it was my brother-in-law. And then they kind of got into a little back-and-forth quip. And then this writer did realize it was my brother-in-law, and he private messaged me, and he felt so bad because he didn't realize he was fucking <laughs> with my with my relative. It was uh, it was uh, something. Anyway, uh, Jen, thank you uh, for your support. Thanks for listening. You're welcome. What, what else yes, you clean you're tonight? welcome
3: for answering. Yes. Um, tonight, probably probably not that much.
0: Okay. All right. Well, uh, maybe listen I- to really this. I'm really boring. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's fine. What's life like in Arlington, Virginia?
3: Um, it's good. I actually... It's funny that we're talking about political things because I, I work in a place where I can't really... Be too political, and I have to really watch my social media, so mm. um i um I've kind of avoided a lot of Facebook fights just because I can't really do that right now,
0: yeah, all right, makes sense. have a good night you too bye
3: bye Thanks. Thanks. thank you bye.
0: Jen was good. she was engaged, mm-hmm. jumped right into the conversation. I love it
1: mm-hmm me too
0: um Anyway, I just wanted to bring up that thread because it's, I think all of us can relate to Christy's story on some level. But uh, it is also really upsetting that her mom wasn't on her side. She should be on her yeah, side. I, I guess the mom shitty. kind of agrees with, with uh, other family members' politics. I don't know.
1: I
2: don't think – yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's disconcerting to me that if somebody else is offended that that is somehow – uh your responsibility i you know i think it i mean clearly if you do something that's outrageous and just like you know racist or sexist or whatever and that's offensive then yes that is your responsibility but in a case of simply sharing your views and your beliefs uh, on your own platform nonetheless like if someone's offended by that or upset by that like just they have every they they can just not read it can unfollow you yeah that's not on you.
0: So let's talk about some news. It's been a busy week. Uh, the, mm. the big story, thanks to Trump not shutting up about it on Twitter, has been this NFL story oh, God. with some of uh, the players in the NFL following Kaepernick's lead and taking a knee. Remember, that whole thing started. Kaepernick started that a long time ago, by the way, uh, because he was protesting innocent black people getting shot and killed. Um, And that brought up a a heated debate when it first occurred. Um, Kaepernick, by the way, hasn't been hired since. It seems like teams are scared to pick him up, what kind of backlash they might face, which sucks. Um, And then Trump jumped into the the debate last Friday when he was at this rally for this Alabama um wannabe senator. He lost by the way earlier this week. Um, but he jumped right into it, uh, calling these football players sons of bitches if they take a knee, saying they should be fired. And it rallied his base. And that was the key here. Trump saw that finally he could get his supporters excited about something. And it was essentially being racist again. And you know, I mentioned my brother in law and my aunt and uncle. Oh, they were all in on this. They were all in on this uh Trump fight. Elisa, I know you watch the NFL regularly, don't you?
2: Yeah, I do. Um I'm a football fan, but I, I just part of me realizes that this is an important conversation to have for multiple reasons. And then the other part of me doesn't want to talk about it at fucking all because that is the entire strategy here. Trump talking about this and taking a position on football players, taking a knee and protesting is just red meat for his base. It's because he knows that he's been slipping up. He hasn't been able to pass anything he intended to pass. He's um, just losing allies left and right. Um and and even his base is starting to to get frustrated with him and, and his inability to achieve anything that he said that he said that he wanted to achieve. And so the only thing that Trump really is good at, the only thing he's ever truly been able to accomplish is initiating culture wars. That's where he lives. That's where he's able to 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 actually make a difference. Um so to speak, is is by dividing people and dividing the nation over controversial issues like this one, and so he sort of reverted back to his old child's self um, because he needed validation. He needed he needed a way to get people back on his side again. And sure as shit, here they are. I personally know a lot of folks who are politically very moderate, some of them politically even very liberal. They hate Trump. They do not support him as president, but they agree with him on this and they are boycotting the NFL. They think it's bullshit and they're very upset and pissed off at these NFL players. And so he has successfully, um, he's successfully gotten people on his side and, and bolstered his base all at the same time. So I'm a little reticent to to give this the time of day, even though I know we need to, I guess is my caveat to all of that. But my too long didn't read thoughts are, uh, I find it ironic that the same demographic of people who call other people snowflakes for being too sensitive suddenly can't handle a few people taking a knee in protests of police brutality. I find it ironic that the people who go around posting You know, freedom isn't free bumper stickers to their fucking pickup trucks as though we should be accepting open war as the price of freedom, but not NFL players taking a knee. I I don't understand. I don't understand any of it. And I think that one of the most damaging narratives that's come out of this is that there is a, a right way to protest and people are saying, listen, I'm not against you know, protesting in general. And I, and I even agree that these folks have a right to do this. I'm just saying there's a right way and a wrong way to protest. And that taking a knee during the national anthem is disrespectful to the flag and yada yada. And you can do it in other ways. You can make your point in other ways. And I just think that that misses the point. And I disagree. I, just, I disagree with that. I think that First of all, the point of protesting is to start a dialogue, is to have a conversation, it's to get people's attention, and this has succeeded in that. The only wrong way to protest is is, is violent protests. That's it. That's it. Bottom line: there is no peaceful protest that is inherently that is inherently wrong in its tactics, and I, it, it it doesn't make any sense to me to say that these people are disrespecting the flag or the anthem or the country. These people love the flag and the anthem and the country. They love it enough to do something about it. They love it enough to improve it. And, and I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it at all. None of it just doesn't make sense to me.
1: I think one of the, the really bizarre things about this is how Trump has so successfully managed to conflate the issue of people taking a knee during the national anthem with the American flag. Like, now when I hear people complain about this, it's all complaining about that flag stands for the tens of thousands of military men who died for your rights. And and it's like, They're not protesting its existence. They're not protesting the country. As Elisa said, they're protesting the fact that the country is facing a lot of really grave social problems that are not reflective of what we claim American values are.
0: Right. So it doesn't make sense. So do we think racism actually is in play here? Yes. I I do, too. I do, too.
2: I think that certainly that's that's true. I also just think it, it is um, – I think it's also people who just don't believe that police brutality towards anyone or any race is a real problem or a real thing. They, they just believe that the police are after you or if the police are beating you or killing you, that you deserve it, that you're a criminal. Uh, their their lives are really that black and white and that simple, and they've had no other experiences to tell them otherwise. And so I think that it's really not even – real. it's not so much about the manner of the protest as it is the substance of the protest. But therein lies the problem, frankly. The problem isn't that they're taking a knee, and I think that even those arguing against these NFL players know that. They know that. The problem is what they're protesting for. I guarantee you, if those NFL players said, we're protesting for, um, we're protesting against abortion, we're protesting on behalf of all the babies' lives that have been taken, and we're going to take a knee because this is how we show respect to all those dead children, I guarantee you, this would be a very different conversation right now. So it's the substance of what they're protesting. And and that to me is far more problematic. But to Laura's point, and, and I've seen this posted around, this isn't my own original thought, but they are no more protesting the flag or the anthem than Rosa Parks was protesting public transportation or Gandhi was protesting the food. It's about the injustice. It's about It's the issue that they're protesting. And everything else is just a vehicle to get us to talk about it. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's sort of like there was this broadcaster in Dallas who, who gave this incredible little tangent about this issue. And he said that, uh, you know, any protest you don't like is one that you think shouldn't exist. And that's the problem here. You know, the people, they, they, the civil rights protesters should have found a different, a different, um, a different bar or a different restaurant to sit at. Uh, Rosa Parks should have found a different bus in a different city because it's you're going to find a way and a reason to be offended if you just disagree with the substance. And I think that's what this is really about.
0: All right. Shall we move on to another story? Healthcare, the latest bill, the Graham-Cassidy bill is dead. Laura teased it last week. That, and it moved really fast. I mean, they were trying to put it together mm-hmm. really quick because they were facing an end-of-month deadline. Um, this health care bill, surprise, surprise, had all sorts of problems, and they couldn't. all the Republicans couldn't even get together and agree to vote for this. So it never even did get to a vote. I just continue to be in awe that Republicans cannot get this together. It's It's just incredible how all they could talk about was repealing Obamacare. And now they themselves can't all get together and vote on this, vote yes on this. Most can, but there's these few holdouts. But And, and it's still incredible that they can't get 100% of themselves on their team.
1: Yeah. And the funny part is, is in the wake of this latest uh, Obamacare repeal failure, uh Congress came together and passed a bipartisan bill to expand certain programs that exist under Obamacare.
0: (laughs) To steady it out, right? Right. (laughs) Well, good. I mean, I don't even want to laugh at that because...
1: No, I know. But it's just, it's funny to me. It's comical that like you have so many of these rabid Republicans who wanted to take down Obamacare. It's like, it's... It's like they're going with it because they know it's not going to happen. And then they're like, oh, yes. Well, once that's done, we're going to go do the real work and (laughs) expand this shit. It's like, fuck.
0: Yeah. Oh, man. It's on the tax reform now. And uh, Trump laid out what he wants in his tax plan. But he's going to let the rest of the government come up with a plan. Um, despite what he's been saying on Twitter and in interviews, it will benefit him. Uh, it is going to benefit the middle class. So he says, but we don't know to the extent. And according to some analysis from the New York Times, it's really not going to help the poor at all. Um, we don't know exactly how much is going to help Trump because we haven't seen his tax returns. But it is going to eliminate the estate tax, which affects a few thousand of the richest people, the richest families in this country annually. Um, so it it also looks like it's going to help businesses, give them some tax cuts, which uh, sounds good to me. <laughs> but...
1: I have a feeling it's not going to be small businesses, Andrew. It's oh, just, come
0: on. Uh, Apple just, doesn't need just help. Guessing. Oh,
1: I mean, fuck. when has Donald Trump ever helped a small business?
0: Yeah. Well, they've <laughs> helped. He's helped us by giving, giving us stuff talked about to talk about. Uh, um, anyway, it's kind of too early to, to talk about this because we still don't know the exact details. Like I said, uh, the Senate and the House are gonna have to iron this out. But uh, watch this space. I-, I understood that they really couldn't move on to this until they figured out healthcare because obviously that takes up what, like twenty percent of of the American economy or something like that. So it's kind mm-hmm. of important to iron out first. But they're gonna try anyway because they gotta get something done.
2: We'll see if this even happens. I don't I my mm-hmm. my understanding of, of this tax reform plan is that It's more of a bullet-pointed wish list than an actual plan. Um, I think the New York Times posted it uh, to to their homepage, and they took all the formatting out of it. Well, you know, uh, like the the paint by numbers and the fucking like uh, graphics and stuff. And once you did that, it was like five pages, Um, and it was and it was they were goals. There were bullet points and they were goals for what he wanted to accomplish. That's very vastly different from an actual plan, from actual policy of, well, how do you pay for this? Is this coming from discretionary budget or or what? And uh, none of that was was covered. So, um, you know, I'm I'm gonna try and judge this tax reform plan on the merits. And not automatically assume it's it's awful because it's Trump, though it probably will be, except i can't judge it at all because there is no plan like, right. I don't
0: <laughs> we don't know anything yet so we'll
2: see we'll see what actually uh comes of this,
0: yeah, and I mean this guy just lies so easily these days that he's going to continue probably making shit up about it not benefiting him, about it benefiting the the poorest people in this country when it just patently is not true, at least based on this outline so far. Anyway, um wanted to mention this, a little tech news. Twitter has started to test a new character count limit. They are testing 280 characters. This is a global test, um, except for in three countries. Uh I know one of them is japanese where you can say more with less characters but it's stirred up a lot of controversy already and i don't know how often you guys are looking at twitter but if you see these longer tweets and a lot of the time so far people have just been fucking around with these longer tweets by like singing songs with more character counts and stuff nothing actually useful (laughs) um uh it they don't look good you can't easily skim Twitter when you have to read a, a juicy paragraph. It's no longer fun. And I just have a hard time seeing them actually cancel the the higher limit that they already started. Like I can't see them going backwards if they've already given it to like say 5% of people or whatever the real statistic is. I think this is going to hurt Twitter because Twitter the, the benefit of Twitter is it forces you to be concise. Unless you're one of these assholes that goes on a Twitter rant. Hey, by the way, nobody wants to hear your Twitter rant. We want to hear a single 140-character tweet. I hate when these people tweet 20 things. One thought, 20 tweets. I'm like, no, do not do that. Um, I think it could potentially be the death of Twitter. It's also the death of America. God help us once (sighs) Trump gets to double his tweet limit. I mean, we already know how much damage he causes with, with single tweets,
1: I mean, it could be a good thing. It might no. give him some room to expand on his tax reform plan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or more room to create embarrassing typos, or more room to complain about the media, or more room to insult Morning Joe's Mika about bleeding out of her face. Oh, it turns out it wasn't just her face. It was also three or four other areas of her body. And now Trump has the room to... Complain about all those things.
1: Yeah, he must be like chomping at the <laughs> bit to get this.
0: Yeah, we're all we're and we are all. I actually, I do wonder if he is. I think he likes Twitter. We were kind of talking about this on After Dark last last week. He likes mm-hmm. Twitter because he doesn't have to write much. We know he yeah. can't. He can't. He can't carry a thought more than a, one or two sentences when you see him speaking in interviews. So. I bet I bet he'll in most cases keep his tweets around one hundred forty to one hundred eighty characters max, even if he does get this expanded limit. You two don't use Twitter much, do you?
1: I do. Yeah, what are you talking about? Not
0: very much, though. I see you maybe once or twice a week.
1: I mean, I consider that to be like pretty regular.
0: I like Twitter for you because it forces you to cut out you saying, I mean...
1: Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Shh. I'm, now I'm going to preface every tweet with, I mean... <laughs> and I'm going to actually get a video. I'm going to make a gif of myself making the face that I make when I say that. And then I'm going to accompany every, every tweet.
0: Sure, sure.
1: With that. I mean...
0: Erwin, one of our patrons listening live, says, But I want to express my love for Millennial on multiple tweets. Aw, oh, well, look, of course I will accept that. <laughs> and that's a lie. I've never seen you express your love in multiple tweets at once. But,
1: well, um, speaking of Trump and his love for using Twitter to uh, ignore important things, uh, Trump has largely ignored Puerto Rico and Puerto Ricans for the last week while he's been tweeting about the NFL and players kneeling during the national anthem at games. Uh, Puerto Ricans, who, by the way, are U.S. citizens, just in case everyone's not aware of that, um, are in the middle of a massive humanitarian crisis after Hurricane Maria literally skated across the middle of the island and demolished much of it. So we don't even have full statistics on the damage from the hurricane yet. But here's a little bit about what we do now. Much of the island is without power. And many areas are going to remain without power for four to six months, estimates are saying. 42% of Puerto Ricans do not have access to potable water. 1,360 of the island's 1,600 cell phone towers have been knocked out, meaning that a lot of these families who have family members and friends on the mainland can't get in touch with any of these people. 59 of the island's 69 hospitals are operating with unknown statuses, and many don't have operating rooms open because they're running on generators when they're available and don't have access to fuel. 80% of Puerto Rico's crop value was wiped out. Their weather radar has been destroyed, so they're unable to predict future storms. Their FAA radar has been damaged, limiting the number of flights able to take off every day, and hundreds of flights have been canceled. So that's just like a bite-sized tidbit of the horror that is going on in Puerto Rico right now. And experts are saying that this is only going to get worse. When you have a place that has seen this much destruction, that doesn't have power, that doesn't have water, doesn't have clean facilities, you're going to start seeing a rise in disease and epidemics And, of course, as a result of all of that, crime and a lack of law and order. So, as U.S. citizens, Puerto Ricans should be entitled to the same government response as any state. But have they been getting that? No, not really. Um, In addition to the fact that it took Trump days to even acknowledge this was happening. It also took his administration days to waive the Jones Act. The Jones Act imposes significant tariffs on Puerto Ricans for items shipped to the island. So as a result, anything shipped to Puerto Rico oftentimes costs at least double its value or or double what it would cost here in the continental U.S. And in this case, you're looking at life-saving items that were going to our That these tariffs were going to be passed on to Puerto Ricans who are right now just fighting for their lives. Uh, For reference, the Jones Act was waived for Texas and Florida immediately in the wake of Harvey and Irma because the Department of Defense petitioned waivers for them, but not for Puerto Rico. And on Wednesday, when Trump was asked why this wasn't happening yet, he cited, quote, business interests as his hesitation for not waiving it. And it was only after facing significant pressure from the governor of Puerto Rico and, you know, basically the entire Western hemisphere that the Trump administration announced today that they're going to be waiving the Jones Act for 10 days to allow these 10 days. And only 10 days to allow these life-saving supplies to get to Puerto Rico without passing along all of this extra debt to them. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's just – that's, like, scratching the surface. There is so much more that we could get into, and I feel like we would need a full episode to completely sink our teeth into this. Um, but I kind of wanted to take a moment to get your thoughts.
0: Well. My one of th- an overarching thought I keep having is that Trump like seems to have it in for Puerto Rico he like mm-hmm. just does not care. he may not have known that Americans are in Puerto Rico, and he might still not believe it i, I he just he does really seem to lack caring i mean one of the most damning tweets on this was when he said the other day, Texas and Florida are doing great, but Puerto Rico, which was already suffering from broken infrastructure and massive debt is in deep trouble. Um, And he went on to say that uh, much of the Island was destroyed with billions of dollars owed to wall street and the banks, which sadly must be dealt with. So he's saying that Puerto Rico owes wall street and the banks too much money so we can't help them out?
1: Like Yeah, and I'm like why why the fuck does that even matter right now? Right. These are American citizens. I get that they're I get that their island is in debt, but like people are actually dying. There are reports of people dying in the hallways at hospitals yeah. because they're not able to receive adequate treatment. I think we can deal with the debt later. Right.
0: And you just don't see this come up with other natural disasters? No. Bush didn't fuck up Katrina because because of some debt.
1: Well, I mean, he did fuck up Katrina, but no, it I, wasn't because of debt, right? <laughs> and I mean the other the other irony in this, of course, and this isn't just me bringing this up. This is like the internet. Uh, People are like, so how about, like, Trump, if you want to help them out with that debt, how about you pay Puerto Rico back for the $33 million tax burden you put on their backs when you defaulted on your bankrupt resort? Zing. That would help them with quite a bit of it, I would think. Um, But, yeah, it's just – it's a complete cluster. People are having a hell of a time getting out. Um, Yeah. And, and and the people who are stuck there are really in dire straits. So I wanted to make sure to plug a couple of organizations that people can give to if they're inclined and if they have the means to do so. Um, one is called United for Puerto Rico. And it was actually spearheaded by the first lady of Puerto Rico, Beatrice Rosello. Uh, UNICEF is doing a program right now where you can donate $28 and that will buy one basic survival kit to be distributed that contains things like hand sanitizer and, um, and like water tablets to purify water for drinking, um, band-aids, flashlights, things like that. And then the NVOAD, I don't know if that's how you pronounce the acronym for their organization, but it's the National Voluntary Organizations Active in Disaster. And what's really cool about them is they're organizing the collection of materials like bottled water, hand sanitizer, construction materials, clothing, anything like that. So if you're not able to give monetarily, but you have items that you can donate, they are organizing the collection of those things. So I highly recommend going to their website to check out uh, how that would best work for you, and we will definitely link to all of these organizations in our show notes
0: all right is 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 this going to look very bad on Trump in the months ahead? Is this his one of his major fuck ups biggest I mean, fuck up so far
2: God if this were a normal presidency, then I would say. This would haunt him the rest of his presidency, but it's not normal. He's done equally heinous things, I would say, um, or close to, and it hasn't it hasn't hurt him a bit. So I'm not sure, to be honest with you. And unfortunately, I think that I, I don't know. I don't know how much I trust the general population to care enough about Puerto Rico either for this to, to hurt his support. Um, yeah. I mean, the, the one of the, one of the more disturbing things that came out uh, through this whole, through this whole story about Trump and, and Puerto Rico was that half of Americans, 51% of Americans polled didn't realize that Puerto Ricans are American citizens. They pay all yeah. same taxes. They have American, U.S. passports, they are, they are Americans. And um, I, 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 people don't even know that, let alone... If, if you don't even know that...
0: There are 3.4 million Americans in Puerto Rico. That's more than 21 states in this country's populations.
2: There you go. Not
0: combined, but separately. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's huge. Lot.
2: That is huge. And this is, i I think, to me... Uh, this is just a, this is a, this is a national disgrace to have our own citizens facing months without electricity. I mean, only, they only have one hospital running right now for the entire, for the entire island, one hospital. Um, already dozens of people have died because the hospitals don't have power. They can't, they can't help anybody. So, This is, I mean, we're talking, these are American citizens who are dying right in front of our eyes. If this were happening in Louisiana, you know, Massachusetts, this would be plastered all over, all over the New York Times for the next two
1: months. Period. Mm -hmm. Well, and just a few weeks ago, during Hurricane Irma, a Navy hospital ship was sent to the Florida Keys. Mm. Why hasn't this happened for Puerto Rico?
0: Oh, yeah. That's the other thing. Trump keeps talking about how hard it is to to get over there. So you can get some fucking boats over there.
1: Yeah. It's like, what, like 100 miles off the coast? Like, fucking bite me.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hawaii is not part of the continental United States either, but something tells me if this were happening on Oahu... This would still be a very different story. I, I hate to say it, but I think that and, and you want to know you want to know what what the real story should be here once once they get the humanitarian aid that they need, what we should remember from this, the legacy of this story should be how important it is that they be a state, that they have voting mm-hmm. power. because I guarantee fucking to you, if they had influence over our elections, if some politician's job was on the line they would be getting the help that they need this is about representation they don't have representation and because of that that's that, that's why they're facing this crisis i don't i mean part of it undoubtedly is just you know racism and prejudice and people not caring about puerto rico for those reasons But a very large fucking part, I would go so far as to say the majority of the reason this is happening is because they don't have representation. There is no one to care about them in our system of government. And that's why it's important to have a member of Congress and to be a fully fledged state because, because it forces everyone else to give a shit and that's what we should be taking away from this. This is the best, most poignant argument for statehood that I've seen.
0: I, I want to end this on a little bit of a bright note. Hamilton creator Lin-Manuel Miranda is putting together a song for Puerto Rico. It seems to be an original song. He says he's calling up lots of Puerto Rican artists to get them apart on it. Um, and it's going to raise money to help out Puerto Rico. So. Lynn is swooping in to put in more work than the president is. So, at least there's that. Time for hidden from the headlines. We've actually been sitting on this for a while, and, and now it's, it's, it's on our doorstep.
2: Yeah, mark your calendars, guys. Next Tuesday, October 3rd, the Supreme Court is set to hear arguments in a case called Gill versus Whitford. This is going to be one of the most consequential Supreme Court cases of our time. This is going to rank up there with, you know, gay marriage and DOMA and, and and everything else. This case is about gerrymandering. The Supreme Court is set to decide whether or not gerrymandering is considered constitutional. Now, for I know we've talked about this before, but for anyone who doesn't know what gerrymandering is, it's basically when your representative's, choose the constituents instead of the constituents choosing the representative. And the way it works is that in most states, the, the local state legislatures have control over drawing the district maps. And so let's say that Republicans are in power in your state. They can decide which district your neighborhood falls under. And they can draw these maps in crazy fucking shapes so that they can guarantee that conservative neighborhoods all fall together in the same district. And what does that mean? Well, that means that a Republican is guaranteed to win that district because they have gerrymandered the shape of it to be so to be such that only conservative voters and conservative demographics fall within that district. It's You're cheating the system. It's basically a way for uh, parties, both Democrats and Republicans, to guarantee that their guy will win. And it's because state legislatures have control over congressional maps. So this case, the Supreme Court case, is going to determine whether or not that is constitutional. The problem with it, uh, the reason why it's a little bit of an uphill battle is that it's Supreme Court. The question isn't whether or not it's right. It's not whether or not it's fair or moral. The question is purely whether or not it's constitutional. A lot of times, people get upset, understandably, with Supreme Court decisions because they're like, "Oh, this is so wrong. This is so unfair. This is so unjust." And that may all well be true. And oftentimes, Supreme Court justices agree with you that that's true. But they don't have jurisdiction over morality and fairness. They only have jurisdiction over the Constitution. And so when you hear arguments and when you're listening out for this story next week, listen to the constitutional arguments being made. We suspect that there's going to be two main constitutional arguments that that are going to be fought one is freedom of expression, the First Amendment. Um, they're going to be arguing that gerrymandering violates voters' rights uh, to, freedom, to free expression. Because the argument there is that you're not actually expressing yourself. Your, your ability to express yourself through your vote is being oppressed. Um, so that's the first argument. It's actually a First Amendment issue. The second argument, the second constitutional argument that they're going to be making is uh, concerns the, the equal protection clause of the Constitution, which states quite simply that all voters must be – or all Americans must be treated equally under the law. So if it violates the equal protection clause, it would do so because you're basically saying some voters have more power than others. Some voters matter more than others. So you're therefore not equally protected under the law. Um, so those are the two, those are the two constitutional arguments we can expect to hear, I think. And it's, I think they're compelling. I think they're very compelling. And Justice Kennedy actually said in one of his past, in one of his past decisions for a, a case called Veith versus Jubiliner, he actually said he believes that gerrymandering might quote, this is an actual quote, it might violate the freedom of expression guaranteed by the first amendment. And that's from justice Kennedy, who of course is the main swing vote on the Supreme court. So we have some hope. I think we have some hope that gerrymandering is going to be deemed unconstitutional, but we shouldn't get too excited um, because it is a very conservative bench right now, but I'm really pulling for this guys. Like this is, this is big this to me is just as if not more important than any other issue that's that's come up before the supreme court in our lifetimes because it directly concerns the nature of our democracy and frankly whether or not we even have one this is about this is about whether your vote matters and um all other issues stem from this issue your voice and your opinion only matters if you get to choose your elected official and if that choice actually fucking makes a difference so i i i think i think we need to watch out for this and i really really hope that there's there's a lot of of outcry and and media coverage um on on this case next week
1: yeah i hope so too what makes me nervous about it is i feel like so much of proving that gerrymandering is damaging is kind of hard to do. And I hate to say that, but I know that originally when the Supreme court opened up the floor to like challenging gerrymandering challenges in the eighties, it basically said that plaintiffs had to prove that districts uh, caused intentional discrimination against a group and that, There was actually a discriminatory effect on that group as a result. And based on those standards, (laughs) like nobody was ever able to prove a case against partisan gerrymandering. So I feel like I don't know. I don't know what to expect.
2: I don't know either. I I really think this is one of those cases that could easily go either way. And mm-hmm. a lot of that does have to do with the makeup of the Supreme Court right now. You've got some great legal minds on there, uh, including some of the conservative ones, but I get nervous. I get very nervous mm-hmm. about, about some of the conservative justices, um, being, being too literal in their reading of the Constitution.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
2: because that's really where it, it stems from. They, they read the First Amendment. First Amendment says absolutely nothing at all about gerrymandering, of course. And so, how do you extrapolate gerrymandering being unconstitutional from the First Amendment? You know, you have to really—it's—it's it's, to someone who reads it literally, it's a stretch. So, mm-hmm. so I, I am nervous, but um, I'm also I'm also hopeful because, like I said, Justice Kennedy has said in the past that he is concerned about gerrymandering. Uh, He thinks it might be unconstitutional, and he's really who we need to watch out for. So let's keep our fingers crossed. Because this is going to make or break elections, guys, like for generations. Mm -hmm. Like generations, this will make or break elections.
0: It's pretty scary, and I don't have any faith in the Supreme Court in making the right decision here, so...
1: Um, if you, if anybody has never seen what a gerrymandered district looks like, I highly encourage you to do a Google search for Ben and Jerry's. Yes, the ice cream people. Um, for their gerrymander or ink blot test quiz, so they show you pictures and you have to guess whether it is a gerrymandered district <laughs> or an ink blot.
0: <laughs>
1: and That's uh my cum stain. <laughs> or anderson Stain. and uh i don't want to you know s- <laughs> no spoilers but um actually they're all gerrymandered districts <laughs> if you if you want to get 100 on the quiz uh it's fucking ridiculous when you see a district that fucking looks like a coat hanger i kidding also, the shit happens
0: can we also talk about how ben and jerry's dips into politics this isn't the only it. time they've done this
1: and no. <laughs>
0: I, I'm just, I'm just looking at their website now. They have an issues we care about page: social justice, the environment, refugees, racial justice. They have page of page for LGBT equality, fair trade, That's peace great. building. Ben and Jerry's, shut up and give me cookie dough ice cream. Am I right? I'm, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding.
2: For what it's worth, my last note on this is that. Um, gerrymandering is you can see proof of it right now um, the House of Representatives uh, is overwhelmingly Republican but Democrats actually won far more votes than Republicans in the last three elections and by far more I mean tens of millions of more votes but it didn't matter because the districts were drawn in such a way that they lost um, and To be fair, however, back in like the 1980s, the early 1980s, Democrats were the ones who were doing a lot of the gerrymandering. And as to Laura's point, when the last time this came up before the Supreme Court, Democrats were the ones who argued in favor of gerrymandering. Of course, the tables have turned now because it's no longer in their self-interest, but I'm... I I consider myself pretty liberal. I consider myself largely Democrat, but I also try to be objective and fair. And the reality is that gerrymandering is an issue that both parties have manipulated. Both parties have, have abused and it's, Mm -hmm. it's not right. It's not right. No matter who is doing it, it's, it's undemocratic and we should, our votes should matter that is maybe the most basic tenet of any any democracy is that your vote should matter. And I don't want to hear any bitching from anyone on either side of the aisle about this. And, to, and also to give credit where credit is due, a couple of weeks ago, a bunch of Republicans and prominent Republicans uh, drafted a letter to the Supreme Court. They actually submitted an amicus brief to the Supreme Court. Arguing against gerrymandering, and they acknowledge that right now their party is uh, benefiting from gerrymandering disproportionately. But again, to their credit, they said they didn't care that, that it was undemocratic. Some of these uh, Republicans included uh, President George W., uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, John McCain, uh, some big names. So, um, you know, I, I know we're shitting on Republicans a lot lately, and with good reason, but. There are some good ones out there and I'm hoping that their voices mm-hmm. are heard in this.
1: Yes.
0: Rashni says, uh, we need some socially conscious companies to combat the hobby lobbies out there. Getting back to Ben and Jerry's, but all right. Well said, Elisa. We'll keep an eye on that. I'm sure you'll keep us updated. That does it for today's main show coming up in after dark today. There was this new study about how less teens are driving, and separately, drinking and dating and working for pay. Everybody's kind of, no, le- less teens are doing all these things these days. Um, and I want to talk about why that is. There are a couple of theories out there. And then I also want to talk about what our own experiences were when we were growing up. Were we driving? Were we dating? Were we drinking? Were we working for pay? Were we writing fan fiction?
2: Yes, to all of the above.
0: Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew.
2: I'm Elisa. And I'm Laura.
0: See you next time. Goodbye.
2: Everyone has to take a knee now, right now.
0: I love Halo top. Did we talk about that last time, Laura? Yes, we did. We
2: did. Oh my god, Should've... fucking Halo top.
0: Yes. So so good. Yes. So good. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's the most excited I think I've ever heard, Micah. Yes. I
1: know.
0: Yes. Yes, women. Yes, Halo top. Yes, cock. Yes.